This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, guys, are you ready for the pros and cons? So we did the code, took us a while, but we built a server on gRPC. We built a client on gRPC. And we communicated with the with them between them as a unary protocol, as a as a as also a server side streaming protocol, which was awesome. So we built a nice to do list application, which is like a very basic stuff, right? From that we can build more and more cool applications, and you can start thinking about that. How about we talk about the pros and cons of gRPC? Because guess what, nothing's perfect. Let's do this. So the first pros is actually it is fast. And when we say that word fast, I know it's not just a marketing word, right? It is fast because of a reason. It's compact, right? We're using protocol buffer. So everything is a binary format. So we're not sending JSON across the wire. We're sending actual the, the, the slimmest format possible, which is the binary. And HTTP2 actually compresses even more. So it's actually smaller and smaller, which is awesome. That gives us the speed, right? When we communication, because if your payload is small, then you don't have to do this extra round trip on TCP because your MTU, maximum transmission unit, has a limit, which is, I believe it's, for the internet is 512? What is the MTU? Let me give the actual number. So I'm reading 1500 bytes, right? So that's MTU. So the the less this happens, the better, because you can transfer everything in 1500 bytes, which is awesome, right? And instead of going and doing another round trip to transfer the rest of the data, right? This is expensive, right? So the co- most compact, the faster, right? And this is the most important thing. It's one client library. And when I say one, it is one per language, right? And uh, it is essentially that language, every language you use, will have very similar gRPC client library that maintains maintained by Google and other uh, companies in the community, the open source community that manages the gRPC protocol. So if you have Python, may you make sure you're going to use the gRPC one client library. You don't have to maintain it. Someone else is maintaining it for you. Okay, so every security patch, every upgrade, every feature, everything, you get it for free, which is awesome. So you don't have to maintain it yourself or just rely on a third-party client library like SOAP or REST. Even REST, there are many, many HTTP client libraries, right? And that diversification can lead to problems because if you have so many stuff, right, it will be hard to manage, manage, essentially. So one client library and uh, this client library, essentially there's multiple versions for every language, almost every language, right? You can build 
the progress feedback, right? Because there's server-side feedback, server-side streaming for features like upload, for example, you can add a progress bar, something you couldn't do as easily with REST, right? You have to do some certain pinging and, and, and fetching and polling in order to do this progress. Like, hey, I'm uploading a 30 gigabyte file. How do you do up, uh, a progress bar? You can do it with gRPC, right? You can essentially simulate it because the server actually can send you information, sends you streams. With HTTP2, which is the main protocol for gRPC, you can actually cancel a request, something you can never do before. Canceling a request was impossible because what does it mean to cancel a request, right? Because how do you how do you know, know in a stateless environment, it's impossible to do that, right? That's why gRPC is obviously stateful, right? If I make a request, HTTP tags every request with a stream ID. And when it does, the gRPC can actually, if you want to cancel a request, you can tag the same stream ID, says, hey, I want to cancel that. So the server actually can possibly hook into that cancel event and Obviously, you have to write the code to cancel whatever that means, right? Close the connection or give up trying or do something, right? You have you you have to be you have to write the code to cancel, but this gives you the hook to actually listen to canceling event. Okay, which is awesome. Something you can never do. With HTTP 1.1, it is impossible to cancel request, right? Nobody can actually tell you that. If someone tells you, hey, you can cancel HTTP request, they're lying. You cannot. You can cancel from the client. You can give up waiting. But the, the client, the, the request is still churning on the server, right? Because what the, what the heck does it mean to cancel? You just, it's there. It's a stateless, right? Because your next request will gonna go to another server. How would you know today? By the way, that uh, that server I sent, that request I sent like three three minutes ago on server or whatever. Go, uh, nah, it doesn't work. <laughs> HTTP two and protocol buffer benefits just magically appear here. All the benefits for protocol buffer compact, fast, all that stuff is here. All the benefits for HTTP two streaming, bidirectional push notification, right? Uh, the idea of compact compression, right? All of that stuff, you benefit from it if you use gRPC. Let's talk about the cones. What's bad about this? Nothing. <laughs> oh my God, look at that. The first thing, I'm not saying this is all subjective to my opinion, guys. So chill, okay? Schema, I think it's a cons. You forcing me to do a schema? I mean, yeah, it's it's way easier than just doing plain raw but protocol buffers because that creates classes and just ugly stuff like that, right? But still, I don't need a schema. I'm just building a REST API application in the day of REST. I didn't have to do any of that garbage. I just send a bunch of un unformatted messages and it's json and i'll have to specify a schema and if unless the client if, the, if my client understands just checks for a certain value just reads it i don't have to maintain a schema i don't have to uh, uh, maintain a proto file and a schema and all that stuff some people find this a turn off to be honest right 
A lot of people moved from SOAP to REST because of the schema. You forcing me to do a schema is not necessarily everyone. If not everyone was going to like that. I heard, I read somewhere that actually Jason can, uh, Jason, gRPC can actually work with JSON as a format. I'm not sure how, right? But that would be awesome. gRPC would be perfect in that case for this case. No matter what, you're maintaining a thick client. And that cl thick client, you have to make sure to update it from now and then. I mean, yeah, every time you run your application, technically the proto C file uh, is getting executed and compiling your stuff. I might be wrong there, but I don't know the implementation of the, of gRPC every time you run to actually do you compile the proto file every time. That could be expensive, but they could be. If they do that, then it's a thick client, right? You're maintaining this thick client that you need to patch. You need to continue add features to it. I mean, you're not doing it, but you have to make sure you're you are responsible to update that, right? If something happens, right? And yeah, it's, it's just a, a client that sits with you. I mean, yeah, it is the same language as you, but sometimes you can use a language that is not supported by gRPC. Yeah, guys, yeah, gRPC doesn't support all languages. There are certain languages that support, and I'm going to give you the list. C Sharp, uh, Go, I think, um, JavaScript, Node, Node, and some uh, C, some uh, some like uh, not all of them, right? If you're using like Ballerina, for example, tough luck, right? Using gRPC proxies, yeah, guys, remember terminate TLS terminating proxies. <laughs> if you're using a layer seven proxy that needs to look well, and you're using gRPC, there's no way that this proxy, unless a proxy understands gRPC, I'm, I'm aware that some proxies are now. I know Nginx now added support for gRPC. HA proxy added support for gRPC. But yeah, not every proxy actually knows the gRPC, right? So proxies are still learning about this protocol. It needs to understand it. it. needs to terminate gRPC, which what the heck does that mean, right? Terminating gRPC and reestablishing it on the back end, right? That's why it's way easier just to use a layer four proxy with gRPC and just call it a day. You cannot hook into the gRPC request. I don't think it make, it make any sense to do so, to be honest, right? To actually listen to the gRPC request and do something with it, right? I might be wrong there. But yeah, proxies are still learning about gRPC, right? If you wanted to do at least a layer 7 proxy, a layer 4 proxy doesn't have to, right? There's no problem because just it will tunnel the TCP request, right? The, GR, uh, the gRPC request with proxy, I think it will listen to the first request and I'm not sure what is that exactly. It might be, it might be an ALPN, right? Because ALPN is part of TLS, right? Which kind of negotiates HTTP. Maybe part of that is actually tell, tells the, the server that, hey, by the way, I am gRPC. There's some sort of a header that tells the first request that, hey, this is actually a, a gRPC. So maybe the proxies will fall back to a streaming model when, when it does that. So it's still young. So there will be a lot of bugs. There will be a lot of stuff that is bad, right? You still, you'll you you will have to follow up with support, right? If you run into a problem, 
you might not just find a solution in Google, right? Because it's very, 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 very young, right? If you have a bug, you might actually have to fix it yourself if it's not in Stack Overflow, right? Error handling still a pain, right? Because remember, it doesn't use HTTP codes, just like GraphQL. It doesn't use the raw HTTP codes to demonstrate anything. It uses, it, you, you have to build your own protocol essentially to maintain errors and good luck with that. It's painful, right? So you have to build essentially your own error handling and that is proved to be very, very, very difficult, right? Because again, this is like building a brand new protocol and I, I'm not sure what gRPC are doing to solve this problem to be honest. And yeah, there is no support for browsers. There are some hacks. People use proxies and, and that essentially takes a request and arrest a normal HTTP request and make it into a gRPC to the backend, right? So debugging is so hard with this. You saw me what I, what I was doing, right? It was just like, I have to like, uh, write a code to debug and run here and run the client. It was, it was very difficult to debug because unlike the browsers, like if you're building a REST API, just go to the network and see all the calls. It's very simple. But gRPC cannot run on browsers because it uses a protocol buffer, guys. And what the heck is protocol buffer have to do with websites? No, there's no schema on the web. The internet has no schema, guys. So, yeah, that's example. That comes back to this problem. I'm using the internet. There's no schema. It's a bunch of blob of HTML and JavaScript. So, gRPC doesn't fit on the web. Unless you want to treat the whole thing as a blob, right? I mean, you can do that. Why not? But, yeah, that's one of the problems. There is no support for browsers, which sucks. Okay, Maybe someone will do a solution for that. I really, really doubt it. Really, really doubt it. That was gRPC is gonna come to browsers. It's not gonna. It's gonna. It's not gonna happen, guys. And timeouts, guys. Right. So, if you are a client and you make a request, right, and if, if this is a unary uh, server response request response, then you'll have to wait for a result, right? And if you're waiting, how long should you wait, right? Is this come back to the timeout, client timeouts problems, and circuit breaking, right? Especially with microservices. Service A calls service B, service B calls service C, service C calls server D, and all of them are gRPC. Guess what? Service A is waiting for a result from service B, which waiting for a result from C, which waiting from D. And you're going to manage this mesh, essentially, the topology of the microservices yourself. And it's extremely complicated. Because what happens if one of them fail? And what if what happens if, if a request is taking too long? right? Or, or, yeah, should I continue waiting? Should I quit? Because all of this is resources that you have to manage. right? And... PopSub doesn't have this problem. PopSub is actually good stuff, right? With PopSub, the client and server are decoupled, right? Almost like REST. You make a request because it's kind of a stateless, right? REST, right? But PopSub is not really stateless, but stateless C, right? Where you push a message to a broker and the broker will listen, right? And will just shove the message and you're done. The moment, if your message reached the broker or the 
or the queue or whatever you want to call it, Kafka or RabbitMQ or ZeroMQ. That's it. You're done. You are done, right? There is a subscriber that is responsible to subscribe to the broker and whatever the communication between the broker and the, the subscriber be, push or pull or long pull, that's another story. But they, they were going to get it eventually, right? So it's it's better. I know I made a video about PopSup, guys. Uh, I want to go, go check it out. Oh.